0: Welcome back to another episode of Fast Women. I am Eileen. And I am Nicole. And this week we are in Chicago recording in yet another hotel room. Uh I feel like this is what we do now. Okay, can I just say
1: I hate the hotels that have the elevators that one elevator goes to the 20th floor and the different bank goes from like 20
0: to 36 because I feel like I'm playing musical chairs trying to get places. I do feel like so this hotel has lobby in the center and then it has a bank of elevators. they've got a north and a south tower it's kind of like being in las vegas but smaller and less cigarette less cigarette and also just like not gambling and on the scale of vegas but like the mccormick lake place hyatt though to be fair is one of the better hotels for a convention center hotel no this is
1: actually the hotel itself is lovely the elevators i feel like i'm never in the right elevator i always Mm -hmm. get in the wrong one i'm going to the level four is on that
0: elevator level eight is on that i'm always lost yeah, I, it's, it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. But hopefully hotel <laughs> nonetheless, very clean. They accommodated my feather-free room request Woo-hoo! with zero questions, um, and they had it ready when I got here, which, as you know, you've waited Big for me. Big deal. You've waited for me in hotel rooms, and they were yeah. like, no, no, no. And then they tried to pronounce my last name and got it remotely correct, so I wow. felt like that was also a step in the Giant, right direction. star, Hyatt. Good yeah. job. Okay, so we are here yeah, talking so- um, about the Chicago Auto Show today. We're going to talk a little bit, I was spent the first half of my week in Palm Springs with Ford, uh, doing all sorts off-roading in the dunes in Johnson Valley with the King of the Hammers, so we'll talk about that. And then, Nicole, you got a really interesting phone call from Electrify America. I did. And so that kind of talks a little bit about our road trip Mm -hmm. and some of the things that they told us. So when we come back right... After this, I'm mean, like, I'm trying to break it up, but it just sounds weird. Um, <laughs> we're going to kick off with some talk about Electrify America and electric charging situations, which, as you heard from our previous episodes, um, we didn't have the best experience. And it was not just Electrify America. Yes. Just- it was Charge Point. It was, I'm like, is that the name? I'm so tired. Is that the name? Is It, <laughs> it was all the electric EVgo. charging. It was, it was all- the experience yeah. of charging an electric vehicle on a road trip. Yes. All right. So we'll be right back with that. okay we are back Nicole you got a phone call from Electrify America while we were on the road trip right so initially when we were in the middle of the road
1: trip I believe it was that Saturday morning Electrify America reached out to me sent me an email and said hey we see you're on a trip we see you're having some challenges we would love to help you gave me the phone number to call gave me an email it was a Saturday morning I don't want to pester some poor guy on a Saturday morning we all have busy weeks I said no we're under control we got this but I you know I'm, I'm good and thank you for reaching out to see what's going on and they said I really want to talk to, we want to make sure, we want to talk to you about your experience, tell you about some of our plans, just discuss the state of the state. And I said, okay, so last week I talked to one of the guys over at Electrify America and talked about the road trip you know they they explained to them like the reason we did not say hey we would like to do a road trip in in an ev and we want to make sure all your chargers are working absolutely perfectly is because we wanted the driving experience to be more what a regular joe who doesn't have connections at any particular car company or any particular electric charging network to to what they would experience so that's and that's what we experienced as far as the Maintenance and the things that we saw there and where, you know, some of the charging stations were way slower speeds than they should have been. So many of them were like on a maintenance and upgrade screen that had troubles with us so that we couldn't get the kind of charge we should have. It was like 69 kilowatts maxed out when it was at a 350 kilowatt charger, those kind of things. And he did explain a lot about how they're trying to upgrade the network. And, you know, it is something they're doing. We even talked about, you know, upgrading every single charger at the exact same instant Instant at one charging location is sort of challenging, maybe if you upgraded one, and then the next one, and the next, you know, so that you space it out a little bit for your customers. Um, he even talked a lot about the charging locations. So, you know how we had some locations that were less than desirable for sitting at in the middle of the night. We sat in places I was afraid
0: that we were never going to return from. Correct. Correct. Yeah.
1: And he talked about it and there were two limitations that he discussed. First of all that they were trying to roll this out very quickly and that they are a new company. It's not like they've been around for like 50
0: years, right? They are backed by Volkswagen Group They though. are like, backed Exactly. Like they, mm-hmm. But he what
1: he was saying was and the, two of the th- challenges they face is one of them is just where they're allowed to put them. Where there's, you know, right. where someone is willing to let them put a bank of
0: EV chargers right, so there's land lease deals right and so like if you go pull up to like we did a days in they have negotiated a price with the owner of that location for the install the maintenance all that that is entitled it, it goes into right. having the chargers there so that's how that works so when you pull up like in front of your local studio movie grill and they've got chargers the electrify america company or evgo has negotiated that right. with the owner of that property it's not just like electrify america goes in and Install chargers, right? That's how it works behind the scenes. Money does exchange hands, right. things like that happen. Things so there's happen. more that goes into it. And, and also you have to look at infrastructure. Well, and that was the other piece that he brought up. He said they are very limited
1: by where the they can actually, they have enough power coming to a location to even be able to put in an EV charger. So they might like to, say, put one in right there off of that exit ramp in that particular lot at that gas station on that highway. But there's not enough, there isn't the power they need going to that location to be able to do it. So instead they have to pick that really weird hotel that's another five miles down the road because that's where they have it. So a lot of the location, like he sort of said, we'd love to have it all in the optimum location that always has everything and all the services you want. But we're sometimes limited by by where that we're allowed to, where we can make the deals to put them, and also just the electric goods. So it comes back to the infrastructure that is not Quite ready to support this, even when a company
0: like Electrify America is like, okay, we'll put some in. Nope, you can't. And I think it comes down to as well like, you look at the infrastructure. We all have different power companies. Like, like, there's no national power company in the United States, for better or worse or whatever, but there just isn't. And so, you know, you've got to negotiate with all these individual companies in mm-hmm. addition to everything. And they have to make an investment, too. They have right. to upgrade their lines going into the location. It's a massive undertaking. And so... While we might be talking about in Biden's America, there's going to be chargers everywhere. There's going to be all this. Yes, that stuff is coming, but it's not as simple as just installing chargers. And that's one of the things that I think doesn't get talked about enough is, you know, negotiating for those land lease deals. That can take a long time. You know, the power company has to upgrade their part of the grid so you can install that. You know, there's there's they have to install concrete. They've got to put in asphalt. Like there's all these other things to it. And so we're talking about doing that and we're not talking about doing it for, you know, one giant eagle location grocery store, for those people who don't know, from the Pittsburgh area, Um, one giant eagle location, you're talking about doing tens and hundreds of thousands of chargers. That is a massive undertaking. It is. And, And political opinions aside, add the layer of federal government oversight to all that. Right. And then you've also got state regulations with environmental protection and things like that. We all know how long it takes. Like, if you live in California to build a shed behind your house, like, just imagine all the other stuff that goes into it. So, while this problem on its face is like, oh, just install more chargers, there's so much more to it. And that's why it costs so much to install a charger. Like, we talked about if you install a fast charger at a business, it can be as much as a quarter million dollars. For one. So, when you see a bank of four of these
1: things, that was... That's, that's a, like a million dollars, a million investment. bucks, just to get those units there. And part of one of the other things he talked about was those units there's different generations of them mm-hmm. so some of the units are older generations and they're trying to not only install the new generation units at new locations mm-hmm. but go backwards and take their oldest units and upgrade them which is kind of a little bit of what we were experiencing and we with saw the upgrades we saw that which is great but also caused the frustration we have where there were just so many along our route that it really slowed us down on our ability to charge but he talked about trying to do that trying to make the the physical structures you know make them a more robust system and also about the amount of vandalism they have so they're installing cameras at all those locations, which is two things, because now your camera is there to make sure that nobody is just, mm-hmm. like, destroying a charger because they're a jerk, but also, you have a camera at that location now, so you're not quite as alone as you think,
0: because in theory, I still feel like electrify America is not going to I mean like it's great if they find my murderer but <laughs> I, I know, don't want to no, be no, no. murdered but I feel like the murderer okay you're a murderer
1: now I Eileen. Mean, okay? okay are you going to pick the charging station that is in a spot where you know there's no camera no nothing or are you going to pick the charger where you know there's a camera that could catch you on that doing it so no, you get caught after the fact I understand you know? a lot
0: of a lot of anti-crime is just the appearance of deterrent I'm married to a police officer I, know, I do understand that. so it's the the, the, the appearance deterrence. it's the, the appearance
1: right so um, you could still be murdered horribly, but the chances of you being murder- murdered horribly when there is some kind of camera there is less. So I feel like it gives you a tiny if you could see the tiny little gap between my fingers a tiny little bit of security the, this a charging station that has cameras not only does it keep it from being vandalized which keeps them from having to upgrade and keeps the expense of everything down because you're not replacing equipment needlessly just because someone decided to ruin it, but also it does create a little bit more of a sense of okay,
0: you're not completely out here in the middle of nowhere if you do something here, you could get caught doing that thing you're doing. So I have three things with that. One, I appreciate the fact that you said "horribly murdered" as yeah. if there's a better way to be right, murdered. right, not the peaceful like, murder, peaceful yeah. angelic murder. Uh-huh. Um, two, does that mean Electrify America will be watching prostitution and drug busts like you and I were? Well, not bust! There was no bust. It was just Here, drug just exchange, prost- I, I, possibly. Um, possibly. Yes. possibly. So they get entertainment <laughs> there, um, and I don't remember what the third one is. But it was, it was, it was going to be good. Damn it! Um, <laughs> but no, I do think, I do think that. Um, I mean, cameras are a good step. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Did you discuss the situation with how... Uh, you, you, you did this lovely video, you know, you said you were going to, but you didn't, um, of you and I trying to wrangle in oh Electrify America. I'm going to say hose, but it wasn't a hose, like the, the power cord. He ta- They
1: talked about how the charging stations themselves, they are even even how physically, just how they're set mm-hmm. up, the, the the angle that they're at. Like they're going to, one of the things he mentioned is they're going to do more that are pull throughs. So people that have. Yes! Yeah. Yes! I know. Bravo! I wanted to cheer. He said, and especially for people like towing a trailer or something, yes. you have to pull in and back up. If you're in an F 150, how
0: are you doing that? You're going to be able to pull straight through. But you're going to do um, what the Lightning owner did. Just pull up to the side and I say, told f it. That. I I'm f- going to pull the, the side. Said, this guy was
1: like, I can drive over that curb. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. Right? So he said they're doing more of that. So they are trying to improve the design to make it not, you know. That they are more robust, that we have better software, that we have better units, that the charging is more consistent, that we're able to get in physically, just drive mm-hmm. your car in and out of them more easily, improve locations. So they're doing all that. And one of the big things he talked about too is they just did a partnership with um, TA, Tra- 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 T- Travel America, TA, Travel America? Travel yeah. America. Travel mm-hmm. America. And they're going to be putting chargers in at Travel America locations, which mm-hmm. again, now you're at a location that is probably right off a highway, probably has a bathroom, probably has some really scary hot dogs on the roller thing that you could get if you were feeling like you wanted to gamble a little bit, you know, like, but it has all the same kind of stuff that you would have if you Mm -hmm. went to guess up your car so you
0: can throw trash out of your car whatever. So having them at locations, like, that's a pretty huge partnership. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I think it's, and we talk about the loves travel stops also having them. Yeah. Those sorts of things... Because you, like we experienced this, we're sitting there for an hour, mm. twiddling our thumbs, Nothing. and there's certain times like I thought when we were in that parking lot, the drug parking lot, yes, in Texas, I did feel like if we had had like the overhead, of the interior light on in the car, like that would have made us more uh, prone to an incident, yeah, because we would have alerted somebody we were there, that we were more so there. than if we didn't. So like, what do you do for recreation when things are closed? You're just sitting there, and I yeah. feel like the convenience store, like. Convenience stores and gas stations traditionally make all their money in the store. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just charging, like, the bare minimum for gas. So, to drive people to the convenience store, where you've got to wander around for 10 minutes... I mean, we wandered around that one in New Mexico for 10 minutes, and we didn't come out with a Serape, but we certainly shopped them we and had options. We did definitely shop. We
1: got some really gross food. I did make my daughter try it, sidebar. Was she not happy? She
0: was like, ooh, Eileen. She was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of my it scheme. It was some
1: kind of tamarind something thing. And it was, was gross looking. It was like a
0: gel bar I thing. I made oh, her gross. try it, and she's
1: like... No, no, I'm like, you'll try it. It was suddenly like she was three again. And she's like, fine. I don't like it, mom. So, <laughs> she's like, why has Eileen but so, so they have a t- And They were also one of the, he's, in, in terms of the station, so in addition to having a partnership with TA, they also are making sort of like these flagship locations where mm-hmm. there's going to be like a valet situation where you can have your car. Take your car. They plug it in. They charge it. You can go have something to eat or whatever. They let you know when it's done, and they pull it out of the way. So they're doing things to try to make the
0: experience of charging better. Both they should the, do that at Disneyland and Disney World. Like they should, they should have listened to us. Maybe they did listen to us before they talked maybe. to you, um, but they should do that. That's I like the valet idea. So, yeah.
1: So there, so I guess the crux of it was it was it was good to hear that when that when EA found out about our our, our issues first, they reached out to us not just this person at mm-hmm. EA reaching out to me like via email. But there are people, I got, when I was commenting about things on Twitter, I was getting responses back, hey, we, we saw that it was charging station X at this location, we've gone to X, we have fixed this, it works again. Yeah. Um, when we had problems and we had to call the 800 number, the guy was fantastic when he yes, called the 800 was. number. Yes, he was, So they are, I give them a like huge amount of credit for being responsive and listening to people and trying to make the experience better. So yes, I still think it's a really hard challenge to make road trips in an EV, especially depending on where you're driving. But I also think that the situation is going to get better slowly but surely because talking to them and hearing what they have planned, they're aware of the shortcomings. They're not like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Our system's fine. Like, no, 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 we hear you. These are challenges. This is why we're having a hard time overcoming some of them, but this is our plan to overcome them. So it
0: was really great. It was great to talk to them. I love that. I love that they reached out and I do yeah. appreciate you making sure that you were like, no, we did want to do this like a regular regular show. I don't I didn't yeah. want any special treatment from the
1: electric charging companies i'm like no i want to see what it would be like for an average joe to take this car and try and do this we could have talked to someone who made it better we chose not to i want to know if you know nobody you can't do that unless you work in the industry and that's not fair to the experience that we were trying to
0: capture trying to get tfl so. that's inauthentic so yes. i agree with that i'm glad we did that um so we're gonna take a break when we come back we'll talk about average joes in a completely different scenario um with king of the hammers talk about what that is and what my experience there was and uh yeah we'll be right back We are back with our second section of Fast Women this week, mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk a little bit about King of the Hammers, which takes place in Johnson Valley, California, which is about an hour and ten minutes with no traffic, um, late at night, at slightly over the speed limit, um, <laughs> from Palm Springs. Um, it is it is pretty much not the middle of nowhere, but pretty darn close to the middle of nowhere. And King of the Hammers is an amazing... It's a week it's actually two weeks of just off-roading extravaganza it's everything from like little utvs to big crazy desert buggies to uh trucks and trophy trucks and just absolutely crazy stuff that's not really road legal like the Which big sp- makes it more fun. It does. It does. And so the big sponsors are Polaris and Can-Am and Ford. And, and, you know, Jeep used to be a part of it. Jeep's a part of it. They have their vehicles. But Ford is the kind of the primary brand there. So Ford was lovely enough to bring me out there um, to experience King of the Hammers. It's my first time um, experiencing King of the Hammers. Um, but also I drove uh, the new Bronco DR, which is Desert Racer. And I can't DR. talk about that today. I can talk so about cool that next DR. week. Um But let's just say I've never smiled so hard So um, (laughs) for that long of a time. So anyway, so King of the Hammers, Ultra 4, all that sort of stuff. Johnson Valley, OHV area. Um, You and I were out there together to drive the Ford Bronco Raptor when it debuted. Yes. Or not debuted, it launched. When it launched. So it's about there. You were out there. I think you were out there when you did um, the Rebel rally. I think we're in, The funny thing is, like, I know I'm out there, but I don't know exactly where I am out there because it's not like there's signs. Yeah.
1: And we come in, it's not like we come out on a road. Right, right. I right. come in over the dirt. I'm like, am I here? I'm here. Okay. So I
0: don't have no idea where I was there, but yeah. I was there. You were there. How's that? So, um, King of the Hammers, like, we. It was funny. So, um, one of the guys I was with described it as the world's largest redneck festival. I like that. And it, it kind of is. Like, for somebody who spends much of their time actually, like, in five-star hotels and traveling first class, it is a surprisingly refreshing take on the American experience. Yeah. It really is a different part of America. It yeah. really is. And so I'm thinking, like, I I didn't really reach, I know of the race, right? It's, it's not really in what I usually cover, um, but I know of it. I know its importance to off-roading. I know its importance to the development of vehicles, but I got there and they were like, just so you know, there's gonna be like 85,000 people there. Only oh, 85,000. Like, wait, wait, cool. what? Whatever. Like, sure. maybe, I was thinking maybe 10,000. <laughs> and it's not just 85,000 people show up. 85,000 people show up with giant motorhomes and toy haulers and their super duties and then they've got friends and all then they've of got coolest gadgets. All of, so much camouflage and so many Miller and Coors lights. <laughs> like, there was just, there's just so much and it's the desert. It's the middle of nowhere. So in my head, I think of it as like, you know when you go to a NASCAR race have you ever done a NASCAR race oh I like NASCAR okay
1: and you drive as you're driving in there's the fields of people in their RVs and they've
0: got all of their stuff. I feel like that times a bazillion it's that times a bazillion and add in desert and desert people ooh like it's just which is a whole new level it's of just, wonderful crazy it's just it's just a different type of life um and how can I say, as a spectator, I enjoyed it. I don't know. I'm not that type of person, but I can appreciate. And the passion they have is unmatched. It I just want to see you in full on camo with like I don't know, Ford emblazoned
1: across your chest. I did not like, wear that. Like your boots and like. So I will tell in you. A tent in a tent with just like a little tent of fire, and a little <laughs> thing of water, and you're making your oatmeal
0: in the morning or no, whatever. No? no, that's not me. Not no, you? that's not me. Um, appreciate the fact that I could do it if I had to, and I would do it if yes, I had to. Yes, I did not. They put me up in Kempton and Palm Springs, which was a far nicer establishment. Um, but no, I did. I will say, I wore hiking boots, I wore socks, so I didn't get blisters, which my Pilates instructor be very happy with mm-hmm. me because I always come home from these events with blisters. Um, I had on some joggers and a t-shirt and a hoodie I got from Amazon for twelve ninety nine. Oh, was so, it no camouflage at all? No, no. I mean. The, the Step my, up your My knees. hoodie had some heathering to it. Okay, so well, like, <laughs> that's as close as we're going to get. All take right, <laughs> it. And I will say that when I was cold, I wore my Amelia vest because I was like, There's, this is the only, like, non-automaker branded thing I have. So Millimelia was, that's which true. is very much not that crowd. Yeah. Completely oh polar opposite. Exactly the difference from the Millimelia to this, yeah, like, yeah. What, completely, yes. you could not get further apart on those two <laughs> spectrums if you tried. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, completely different. So, went to that. Um, it was amazing. Like, watching these people just go over the desert, I love that anyway. It was just so cool and so different. Um, you know, they're all about, you know, it, it's like almost like a trade show and a desert celebration and a race all in one. It, it's all the festivity and everything. They have this one part of the, of, must have the race course, it's called Chocolate Thunder, <laughs> which... To me, sounds like a male stripper. I was but saying, It does vaguely sound like a stripper name. <laughs> yeah, but my my one friend Lauren, who's been there a number of times, is like, "Oh my god, you're to love Chocolate Thunder." You're gonna... I'm, I'm always like, ah, "Okay." <laughs> so um, I didn't get a chance to go during the day, but at night, it's it's real, it's the desert. It's dark out there, so people on there, all their buggies and everything, and their UTVs and their ATVs, they have like neon lights that are underneath them or like on mm-hmm. poles, whatever. Yeah. So they're all driving to it. It looks super cool. Okay, so, you know, and I guess our podcast listeners should know, I don't do a lot of sci-fi, but I have seen enough movies to know that when the mothership is present and then they turn and they show, like, the view of all the little spaceships coming, yes. that's what it looked like because it was just <laughs> pitch black and there would be, like, these neon lights of things coming toward you, but you couldn't see anything between. You knew there was desert. But you couldn't see anything. I was like, oh, I have, I literally thought to myself, I have a spaceship reference for Nicole. Like, yay, I love Yay! yay. I mean, <laughs> so... That's what it's like. Um, But it looks like, visually, that Mardi Gras threw up. And it's 35,000 people at this hill of boulders. Mm -hmm. And they're watching, I guess there's two sides of it. And there's, like, people going up trying to beat times I'm going to make gross generalization that I don't think is far off, and say everyone who's a spectator is drunk. Oh, um, that's fair and probably <laughs> accurate. It's it's there's a fair amount. Of, there's also like an entire police precinct in this event yeah. for the event. Keeping like it's, everything it's, under it's very safe and under control. Um, but really spectacular. And what was really cool is I had a guy who's part of Ford's team, and I don't know the name off the top of my head. And shame on me for that. But he had oh, I've got to find the text. I texted it to my husband. It was, um, he had a Ford F-100. I think it was 1967. Oh, nice. And he, I'm not gonna be able to find it now. Okay. And he modified it to be more like his race truck. And so oh, it can completely cool. go over everything. So he could do all the cool yes. stuff the modern stuff could yes. do. Yes. And so we put headsets on. And it's, you know, it's got, it's got amber lights. It's got white lights. It's got all that stuff. Um, but, and the inside's relatively authentic. I mean, it's like. It's got all the race truck stuff in it, but it's got, like, a digital display. But we just went out there and in the pitch black just tooled around the desert. He took me. We were going far faster than I would have. Um, But it was a blast. Like, that was amazing and so much fun. And he's from that area, so he knew that desert trails. Yeah, yeah. And so he just, like, took me up one side. He's like, you can see all the spectators from here. Because he knows where he's taking you. Yeah. it's really cool. And it was really fun and really high speed. So that was amazing. But I will say I did learn, and I have a handout on this. Because it was very important. When I signed my waiver, yes. I agreed to respect the desert tortoise. Oh, it is a federally protected species. And they handed me, I'm showing you now. Oh, she does have, oh, it's is an it? entire one pager it's about a, the desert tortoise it's a they one gave everyone. Page. Oh,
1: wait, criminal penalties, you can get up to a $50,000 fine or a year in prison or both, and civil penalties of
0: $25,000 per violation. They are not effing around with the desert tortoise. No, no. It's, um, partic- during periods of inactivity, they reduce their metabolism and water loss and consume little food. So it's basically just like a bear but a turtle, if that makes sense. Cause Cause like bears and turtles are yeah. often confused for each other, Aileen. so I can I, see. I know what's happening. It just says that in late winter and early spring, they emerge from overwintering burrows and remain active through fall. Now, if I was a tortoise, and I don't often get asked this, but if I was a tortoise, yes. mm-hmm. I feel like with the amount of people... And engines I can hear. I would run away. I would either. Slowly well, toys don't, away. Yeah, like, I don't slowly run. I would slowly crawl away. Yeah. <laughs> I think I would know enough. You know what? I'm just going to stay burrowed for another two yeah. weeks. I'm going to give it a little track. The world seems a little bit harsh and scary. Yeah. I'll stay here in the dirt. Thanks. Yeah. Um, it also says that they, in addition to the people attendees at King of the Hammers being predators to them, coyotes, domestic and feral dogs. So, um, Sokka. Your dog, your, your one-and-a-half-pound dog, I is a like terrorist. I feel like tells today. me the desert tortoise is more likely to kill my dog than the, than the other way around. But. Yeah, Ravens and, but only occasionally, golden eagles. Sounds very majestic. Golden eagles. Could you imagine, Can you imagine just an eagle dangling a tortoise? Just down and grabbing a tortoise and, like, t- hauling off with a tortoise. These can't be, like, major tortoises. Hold well, on, I should Google it. I was going to say, I feel like these are it, smaller tortoises than I had desert in my head. Is the
1: tortoise the size of,
0: like, a coaster? Or is he the size of, like... A platter. How big is he? I mean, he looks big. They live fifty to eighty years. Okay, wait. Let's see here. Lottie, like thirty. Is... Okay, it's ten to fourteen inches. That's not tiny. So he's like, he's like a, he's pretty big. And they're. It, up to
1: 15 pounds. Okay, that's, that. you know, as a fun fact, the seat that goes in the back row, the third row of the Honda Pilot that is removable and can stow in the pilot weighs 30 pounds. So it's two desert tortoises. It's two, two size. seat is two desert, the Honda Pilot seat is two desert
0: tortoises. Put that in your press kit, Honda. <laughs> <laughs> we love nature. I will say this, this is fascinating. The front limbs have sharp claw-like scales and are flat for digging. So, like, paddles, I To burrow. I guess. To, to hide burrow, from yeah. King of the Hammers. But his back legs are skinny and very long. So, it kind of looks like a... Ch- it's right here. Its says back legs are no, skinny and longer. No, I want to see longer. the picture. You can't see. You just see... The, oh, yeah. he just looks like a tortoise when you look... He just, I just looks picture like pictured him having, I mean, like, little chicken legs that hang out the back. Legs. Little, <laughs> little teeny tiny little, little, <laughs> little legs. Poor little tortoise. Okay. So, anyway, that was King of the Hammers. It was amazing. <laughs> I was there um, for a full day. I did the Broncos Sport Drive, the Sport Heritage. Yes. Which, if you're not familiar, is... Um, uh, uh, based on the 1966 Bronco. So, Bronco Sport is not the regular Bronco. It's the little kind of, I'm going to call it, it's an SUV, but it's kind of like um, crossover crossover-y. E. Crossover E. Crossover E. It's, it's kind of cool. It's got um, a white roof. It has a white grille, white wheels, and then it comes in a couple different colors. It's got some interior nods to the heritage of Ford and Ford Bronco. Um, the white grille is quite frankly ugly. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. It looks so stupid. It looks worse. I'm I pull a picture, picture online. It's, it's worse in person.
1: I, don't, I know that the white grill really is like a, a like throwback thing that they do on a yeah. lot of stuff. And I'm just not... All I can think of is like living... Like especially with a Bronco. As soon as you go off-road, you're destroying your right, white grill because it's going to yeah. ping it. But I even think of like all the sand on the road. They literally sand our roads with small Oh, yeah. You're going to get those little... You're going to get all those little chips you yeah. sometimes get in the front of your hood. You're going to get them all in your pretty white grill. And it's not going to be pretty nor white for... Enough. I'm sure they've improved processes
0: and procedures since that was, However, like, what was the style. Yeah. However, it still makes me nervous. I'm not so much a fan of that. So, they, so they had them for us in, and it's a blue color, but not the robin's egg. The robin's egg blue with the white girl actually looks good. Yeah. Um, they had them in the yellow, which I would call urine, um, but I'm not entirely sure what that color is. I think it's called Yellowstone, <laughs> but it's definitely the color of dehydrated pee. Oh, um, that's a lovely thought. I bet they're really happy with that comparison. They're like, why do we pick that color? It yeah. Is, you're right. That is a good yeah. comparison. Mike from 48 you're listening i don't care for the yellow but i like it on the full-size bronco <laughs> i do like it on that like i feel like i feel like these colors translate better to a bigger vehicle i know like bright and different colors are usually for so littler colors vehicles, do different do, do, yeah but um i do like they have a they have like the two-door bronco heritage mm-hmm. with the red with the white wheels that's what titus welliver the actor ordered um, when i interviewed him a couple months was ago he and I were t- not him were they both sexy <laughs> Listening to this, we already <laughs> talked about Chocolate Thunder. Um, so yeah, so it's um it that one I like. Like I like that. I think it's called Rapid Red, maybe or Rapid Race. I don't know. They have terrible paint names. Some of these paint names you're just like just call okay. it red. As a side, side note, did you
1: see that that we they've debuted at the auto show t- yesterday today the new Mustang? Have you seen the Mustang? I have. We're gonna talk about it in the next segment. The black. I keep calling it the wrong thing. I keep calling it Black Magic, and now I can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I need to start referring. There's a there's a particular uh, Ford rep that we will now call Black Magic uh, as his code name when we have discussions about him in public. Now, all um, you people at Ford can try and guess who we. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Um, That's better than... (laughs) We have a... Yeah. No, I'm not going to say that on the air. Um, (laughs) Anyway, Bronco Sport. And I do think... So, we met up with um, Melissa, who is part of the Bronco Sport team that has won Rebel. Mm -hmm. And then a Rebel event. She's she's an original Rebel. So, she's been there seven years. She's done it in a row. Wow. Yeah. And last couple, she's done it in the Bronco Sport. And I thought this... I thought, so she she kind of it took us around Johnson Valley. We did a couple hours of driving, um, went up to the dunes, and really spent a lot of time in the dunes driving. And when I had the Broncos Sport originally, actually, you and I were on that program together originally. Yeah. Years ago during COVID, we got like an hour in the Broncos it was sport. like Yeah, it was not very long because it was a COVID program, and they were just trying to... Get it it, publicized. Very
1: separated. Yeah, couldn't go near each other. The tables were spaced out. You felt like you'd been like stuck in the corner. Like I was the bad kid. No, everybody's a bad kid. We're all five feet away from each other. (laughs) And you
0: and I got in the car together. Like (gasps) we're like we're fine. We're okay. we're we're good. We're like we're good. We're good. We're We're good. good. I just need I just need somebody to sit in the car with somebody. Yeah. So we um, we went and did that, and we had an opportunity to drive it through the sand at Holly Oaks ORV Park up in Holly, Michigan. And I was really impressed with its prowess in the sand there. And really pushing it in the dunes um, up at Johnson Valley really showed how impressive it is. It helps, unlike like a, like a Rivian or a Rolls Royce that have been in Rebel and been in the, in the sand... It's not as heavy, and you can really tell, and it's really maneuverable. We did some, we did some fun stuff in it. It's a fun little car. I've got some videos I can show you. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was a lot of fun, and it was. Um, I like the Bronco Sport. I do. I'm actually going to be driving it again here in a few weeks, um, up in Detroit for like a longer trip because I haven't had it for more than like an hour, and yeah. this time I spent off road. I want to like live in it a little bit. There are some questions I had about price point and and like materials when we originally had it this version of it, I didn't have as many questions about, so I kind of want to see where I end up on it. Like, I'm still a little like, yeah. like I like it, but I just don't know I like completely Bron- how I feel I about like it. I like the Bronco Sport, and I think it's a nice alternative, because like, you know, the Bronco is a super,
1: super capable vehicle. The Bronco Sport is not quite as, but most of people don't need everything the Bronco has. And if you want something that still gives you that sort of Bronco vibe, lot of the same styling, but it's like Bronco light. But it's if you want to go off-road, you can go off-road. Yeah. It just is a little bit more manageable as an everyday like a daily driver you can daily drive yeah. the, the, that one as much as you want it's just such a nice easy vehicle and
0: it is surprisingly capable and maneuverable when you put it out there in the dirt and now would you rather have a bronco sport or a ford escape escape would you rather have an escape or a bronco sport i'm glad you clarifi- yeah. <laughs> clarified because i had no idea what you were yeah. talking about <laughs> uh,
1: uh, the bronco sport or the escape i like the sport better
0: yeah, I would never buy an Escape. I, I, I'm
1: not. I'm not as much a fan of the Escape. I just don't. Um, it's just I, I, there. There's a lot of personality in the Bronco Sport. It has it. What it has personality in its style and its everything about it. It is. It. It looks like a unique little car that is its own little person, its own little car. The Escape is just like another crossover that just it just doesn't have the personality it's
0: just blue it's
1: just not exciting and i know it's
0: i'm sorry ford like i feel like you need to apologize and i like i really don't like your car i just it's it's serviceable yes but there is zero passion there like i just i'm like why do you buy an escape because that's what you need to buy right it's sort of like
1: it's it's the it's an appliance it Mm -hmm. just gets you where you need to go it does its job it's fine this sport bronco sport does it and it makes you happy doing that yeah. You enjoy your time with it. It looks cute. It's fun. It's really cute styling. I love how it looks.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Sport. I feel like it's a little, it's a little nod to the Ford Flex. Yeah. A little bit in style. Like, it's a oh, little station wagon-ish. Like, oh, but
1: I, I the Ford, this the, the side panels, the metal panels in the Ford Flex. Yeah, yeah had that, like, Very creased. retro. I hated that.
0: Yeah, they're, but, they're, but it the Ford Flex, flex I hated it. had tremendous buyer retention. Like, people would come it back did. and buy more and more There's flexes. people that are,
1: like, crying Crocodile tears because they can't get a Ford Flex anymore. The people who bought that loved that thing. Yeah.
0: Loved it. I was in it once, and I was like, well, this is fine. This is not for me. I,
1: I think, same, it may have been like once or twice have I ever been in one. I think yeah. once was maybe a media car, and then I knew someone who had one. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I love my car. I'm like, well, I'm glad that you do since
0: you put your money on it. I would not You should do love so. the car you have. Whatever car you have, you should love it. Yes. All right, so that is that. We'll come back. We'll talk about the Chicago Auto Show, why we are here today why we are gathered here today and then we're gonna wrap it up we're gonna talk a little bit about our latest magazine installment and um yeah and i'll ask nicole some questions that will probably make her squirm always good times oh that sounds fun
2: as you write your life story you're far from finished are you looking to close the book on your job maybe turn a page in your career be continued
0: All right, we are back. Nicole and I are sitting in a hotel room at the Hyatt, McCormick Place, uh, attached to the Chicago Convention Center. It's probably called the McCormick Convention Center. I don't really know. I don't know. Um, it, it's a lovely establishment. The hotel's actually quite lovely for a convention center hotel, and we are here f- to celebrate the Chicago Auto Show. This is the second year that it has been slightly normal um, in, in the fact that Post it happened COVID. at the regular time, and there are cars on the floor, and we're seeing our colleagues again, and You were at... No, you didn't go to Detroit. I went to Detroit. This... And, like, you went to L.A. Yes. Okay. So, like, L.A. felt like another step in the right direction. This feels like an auto show. Yeah. Like, like, I feel like we are on track again. Each one
1: feels a little bit more like they used to feel, which is nice to feel. Just in the grand scheme of getting back to normal, it feels very normal. And
0: there's a lot of journalists here. Mm -hmm. Like, this is always a well-attended show. It's one of our favorites of the year because it's kind of... It's kind of casual. Like, it's still business. But it's business casual. It's it's not a show. Some of them are a lot more frenetic, where you feel like you're just running everywhere. The Chicago
1: Auto Show doesn't have that same kind of frenzy, although there is still a lot here. And in terms of a consumer's perspective... It's a fantastic show to attend. It is. Um, it's very
0: consumer centric.
1: Yeah, and it, but it is a great show. And there's like the, all the automakers are here. The, the ones that still do shows because some of them are
0: even BMW's here, and BMW is here. BMW is just not. Do, they won't even be in New York. Like, right. They don't do auto shows, but they are here in Chicago. Yeah,
1: so it tells you how important this auto show is to the automakers in terms mm-hmm. of the consumer presence that comes out to this one. So it's a cool auto show. If you happen to live in Chicago, catch it sometime. It is. It
0: really is. Cool. It's those one's worth traveling in for. It's a good day. Yes. Um, and we also have, so in, in the U.S., there are four major auto shows. There's Chicago, New York, L.A., and Detroit. Mm-hmm. So just to kind of give you an idea, guess so this is one of the big four. Yes. The, the big three show up at the big four, <laughs> and um, generally speaking. Um, so that's, that's kind of just where we are. So we are here. There's been some vehicle debuts we're going to yes. chat about. Um, we'll kick off with the new Subaru Crosstrek, Woo-hoo! which is... More of the same Crosstrek. <laughs> um, you know, slightly improved styling, slightly safer, better to drive, more powerful engine. I mean, what they did is they just, like, just basically, they, basically, they just made, they, made better what they, they have. They made it, it's like, it's like the old Subaru Crosstrek, but slightly better. Like, they just, yeah. they improved everything a little bit on all fronts. I, which is exactly what the Subaru customer wants. Right. No pro- no. I have zero problem with that. No. They have delivered what their customer wants. They will sell out everyone that they have. There will be none left on dealer lots. I have zero problem with that. Yeah. The cool part about that is they didn't change the price of it. Yeah. Which a lot of times automakers will attack on like two or $3,000 when they debut it. Not this time. Starts at the same price which as the old one. Which is a big
1: deal. That's really nice because yeah. it's, you know, cars are expensive. And to not, you know, there's, it's not like suddenly there's some huge, big difference in this that they can use as an excuse to say, mm-hmm. well, we put this component, this thing, yeah. makes it worth an extra two grand. It's like, well, collectively, probably you could have done it because yeah. you have enough little things to change to make it worth. But there's no one thing, but you didn't, you didn't follow that. You're like, nope, we don't, there's nothing in here that means that we have to charge more.
0: So we're not going to do that. I appreciate that little, like, help out the consumer and, and get them a car they can afford. Absolutely. So it does have a little bit of a higher starting price than some of the other things in its class, yeah. but it comes standard with all wheel drive, right. like pretty much every Subaru under the sun, except for a couple of them, um, like the BRZ, I think, is not I think, standard wheel yeah, like drive. There's like one or yeah, something. there's yeah, yeah, it but but pretty much all all of them. And so that kind of just, just baked into the cost. It's not like you have to make that decision for you. Right. Um I anticipate this being as capable and lovely as the last gen. I know you and I are both going to drive it. I think we're going at different times though. I think we are. Um but we're gonna go drive it. So we'll talk about it in a few weeks. Like it's gonna be like March. It's like it's like first week of March, we're gonna drive it. We're so drive it. we'll know up. we'll know in four weeks what we how we feel about that. Um I'm it's a good, it's fine. It's a good Subaru. Yeah, I think it's good. I think people who are Subaru fans are going to be pleased, and people who are considering buying one are
1: going to find this one has a little improvements so that make it better, and yeah, I think it's, people are going to be happy with it. There's going to be no
0: controversy about the cross track. No, no controversy. That's, that's kind of where they are. So now they also debuted, not Subaru, but Jeep. We've got some Jeep Wranglers that came out today. Jeepy Jeep. So they're celebrating anniversary. Again.
1: Yeah, so it's the 20th anniversary Rubicon. So the Rubicon's been around for 20 years, so they have this these special anniversary editions that they did. And what it is, it's the plug-in hybrid, which is the 4xE, and the Bazonkers V8 392. Have you driven the 392?
0: I have not. That's that's a that's a beast, though. It
1: is crazy, ridiculous, stupid. Why did they build this? I'm so glad they did.
0: I have to tell you, of one more off-air, I heard a story about their photo shoot for the debut of that. Oh, goodness. They did that out where I was just driving in Johnson Valley, oh, and gosh. we would just say I'm glad they brought two. They should have brought three from what I understand. Oh, goodness,
1: okay. <laughs> anyway, she- go on.
0: The Jeep folks had some fun. They did. Um, so they're doing
1: 150, uh, with a run of 150. So this is a limited run. This is a limited edition thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also these special extreme versions that they did of these. Um, and you're, look, which are about... 20, an extra twenty to $23,000. So there's some expensive pricing in here. 20th anniversary editions. There were some of the things they get. A half-inch lift. They have a revised grill. Um, the 4XE, these are not cheap. $71,380. Oh, geez. That's this $392. Yeah. Are you ready? Take a guess. You know the 4XE is $71,380. $84? You're not high enough. What? 92690 $92,690. Oh. So expensive. Not not cheap. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I wrote this Justify this for me. Okay. First of all, if you're a Jeep, you're a Jeep guy, you're a Jeep guy. You love Jeeps because people are passionate about their I Jeep. I am
0: Jeep man. Okay. Convince okay. me, Nicole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, Jeep man is a curly <laughs> voice. So... If this is for people who are absolutely super passionate about the brand, and he kept uh, Jim Morrison, the head of the brand, referenced during the thing, mm-hmm. during the reveal. He kept call it,
0: it's the lunatic fringe they're calling it. The is people, he qualifying himself as lunatic fringe? Because we know he is a Jeep man, and he will have one of these, I guarantee it. I,
1: I feel like Jim could have been responsible for whatever you were talking about that flipped over at the filming of a commercial, and it wouldn't have been surprising to me. No, but um, <laughs> so the so you know the lunatic fringe, which he's grateful for because these are the people that they say are the ones who pushed and done all the things that a Rubicon can. do do and then probably some things it never should have done they're the ones who keep pushing the brand to do more so you know it's those people the people who are just absolutely passionate about jeep who want to take it to places that take advantage of every last bit of capability mm-hmm. you know this isn't a huge run 150 units these aren't like you know huge thousands of production runs so it's going to be for the people who are just absolutely passionate about their cars and want something that's genuinely special you're different. You have mm-hmm. the 20th anniversary edition. It's got some little extra bells and whistles. Not everyone's going to have this one. You probably, you know, you might have a Rubicon already. You're like, now I want the cooler Rubicon. I want the one so, that nobody else has. So it's it's for the fan. It's how many for of them are they making? 150 with a run of
0: 150. Okay, so it is. It's not like they're making 5,000. No, though. it's this is a very limited. So this run. is
1: for the guy who has or girl Jeep girls. Woohoo! Um, this is for <laughs> the human being. I like. I don't say guy and you, I love your, you went with
0: the girls I went with the very masculine I know boys, right so. yeah. I About
1: the Jeep girls Um. so it's like it, this is for the person who is passionate about Jeep and who truly is someone who probably is one of the people who already takes their vehicle and takes it to the top of a mountain into the snow into the water into wherever and takes advantage of all those cool things that most people because most people face it, don't push a Jeep Wrangler, especially a Jeep Wrangler Rubicon, as far as it can be pushed. It can do far more than what most people do in it. This is for the persons who are like, uh-uh, I can do far more than your car can. Like you what? The Lunatic Fringe, which I love this that expression. It's a good name. It's and he's, you know, thank you to the Lunatic Fringe. They're the ones who have been building stuff like this. I think much like they have the crazy 390, it's perfect that it's mm-hmm. a 392. That is already ridiculous. Now let's make it a little more ridiculous and give a special addition to people who are Jeep fanboys and Jeep fangirls. And that's, that's yeah. And that they look $92,000. According to the reason I'm looking at, $92,690. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beadlock-capable wheels. Oh, it comes with an 83-piece toolkit. I'm reading some things. A triple-hoop grill guard, steel bumpers, half-inch suspension lift, and... I mean, don't forget. Yes. 20th anniversary decals.
0: Oh, well, that just, that's the extra thousand right there. That's
1: worth 20 grand right there. No, so it just, I mean, so there is, there is both things that are just um, visual things that make it look Mm -hmm. different that are just for kicks and giggles kind of thing. And then there's actual capability that they built in. So it's not like you're paying this just for something that looks different. You're paying this for something that looks different and gets a little bit more Jeep than the average Jeep.
0: I'm good with that. I yeah. still this ninety two thousand is high, but I'll let it slide. It is high, but I feel you know what. It's I, a very special edition. My, so. my guess, my guess is that they will.
1: These will be gone. They probably already are. are. They on the site? If you can order one, I bet they're gone.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure they're gone. Like they're going to be gone in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. So okay. So speaking of little differences, um, the 2024 Volkswagen Atlas and Atlas Cross Sport debuted at the Chicago Auto Show. And if you're familiar with the Atlas and the Atlas Cross Sport, they are widely regarded as some of the most boring SUVs you can possibly <laughs> drive. With utilitarian like interiors that have absolutely terrible infotainment systems, um, but people seem to like them They are, They sell about 6000 of them, I believe, every couple months. Um, it's it's not terrible. It's just I don't know why you would choose it like unless you really want to look right. like, like it like it's, it's unremarkable. Not. That's kind of, it's kind of how I feel about the Escape. I'm like, if you really want that, go. you can have Let that. Like, go buy it. But yeah. it's like,
1: okay. You yeah. just want to, okay, that's so,
0: fine. So they've made the grill look like a smile, which is not a terrible choice. I think it looks less menacing than before. Um, it's not bad. Like, it looks okay. Right? I'll give I mean, it, it, it looks, that. It looks fine. It's the it worst insult, isn't it? But, it's, but here, it's not, like, but fine. It's, it's just, it's it's acceptable. It's, it, yeah, there's It's a little good. Ford-like, honestly. It's a little Expedition-like. A little bit, but just um, a skosh. yeah. And then we've got the back end is just fine. Um So that's the big deal. It's got a new standard 12 inch display in the front. Okay, okay, okay whatever. That's a good thing. Um, and it's got a new powertrain, so it's more powerful, a turbocharged four cylinder, as opposed to the regular four cylinder or the V six they had. So it's well, improved the fuel economy. Be nice. That'll give it a little more oomph. Yeah, but it's turbo lag, and we don't know how much going to do it with I'm that. I'm trying to help it. It's giving it a little more oomph. So I feel like it's fine. That's where I'm like, okay, if you were going to... I don't think it's going to make anyone look at the Atlas and go, ooh, I should get an Atlas. It'll make them go, I should consider that. And then you go drive other things, you're like, no, these are better. Isn't that the problem with
1: all these? Like, when you have so many... When a segment, like, takes off, like, wildfire, and SUVs did, and you've got crossovers, the small ones, you've got full-size SUVs, when there's so many options, like, as sedans have gone the way of the Dodo, and you have a million SUVs to pick from... The ones that are good are good, and the ones that aren't really fall to the bottom. And they don't have to be bad. It's just so when there's so many out there, yeah. there's a
0: lot that are quite good. Well, and that's the whole thing. Like, So we've got the Atlas competes. The Atlas and Atlas Crossport. So the Crossport just kind of has like a, they call it a coupe rear end. It is not. It is just slanted down like a fastback. It's still a four-door. technically a five-door. Oh, there's
1: some serious eye-rolling.
0: I, I, mean, I, have, I have major problems with that. Uh, but anyway, so it competes with the Toyota Highlander. The Honda Pilot, it, Mazda CX90 is brand new. It competes with these giants and um, really yeah, good, yeah good so really good cars. Driver. Yeah, yeah, and Ford Ford uh, Explorer. Yeah, so yeah, so it's it's it it's there. Um, it's an option. It's an option. That's what I say about this F- full slate list. It's I, an option. It's
1: an option. <laughs> <laughs> That's like an old. There was an. It was, it was a movie years ago, and the, the guy was working in marketing, and he refers to the Volvo, and it's like boxy but nice. That was his whole advertising campaign. Boxy, but nice. I yeah. feel like that. That's that's kind of like Volvo, the, the
0: Volkswagen thing. It's, it's fine. It's an option. <laughs> <laughs> and we're both fired from the marketing department. <laughs> you know, that's how I feel. That is 100% I feel about this. Um, so let's talk about something slightly more exciting. The Toyota Grand Highlander. And I ask you, Nicole, is it grand enough? Is it grand enough? I'm going to say yes. Because... People
1: want the, people who have been wanting a little bit more from the Highlander, a little bit more room, a little bit... They're going to find it with this. That will be grand enough for the people who are Highlander fans, but we're like, mm, I need more than that. So it will work for the people that will be looking at the Highlander. The Highlander is already a solid vehicle, the not grand one. I always like when there's a grand, it's like, what do you call the other one? I'm the Grand Highlander. What are you? I'm just the, like, so-so Highlander, like... But I feel like it's it's something that most people are going to be happy with. And I think, you know, it, Toyota has a reputation for building very reliable vehicles. So from the reliability point of view and the safety point of view, um, it's it's a compelling vehicle.
0: And I think it's going to be some competition for some of the other guys. Yeah, so Grand Highlander is... A bigger. I mean, yes. It competes with um, the Kia Telluride and the Hyundai Palisade. It's that same size. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of entertainment options, especially in the third row. Um, I think it's good. I think it's right where it needs to be. You and I are going to drive it here in a few months. I can tell you more about that off air because I know where we're going to go drive it. And I'm very excited. So it's um, it's it's interesting. I, I'm really excited to see how it matches up because honestly, Telluride is so good and Palisade is so good. Yeah. So But I don't think I don't think that Toyota is going to botch this. And I think they're going to do a good job. And so with that, now the question I have yes. is, is it going to be good enough in the higher trim levels? Because that's well, where they fall. That's
1: where they fall. So Toyota, where Toyota tends to fall short is their base trims are good and they're very competitive. And, you know, you compare them to whatever it is and whatever, whether it's the stand or Crossover or whatever, it matches up with a comparable vehicle from other automakers. So you're looking at things beyond, like, trim components. Once you get to higher trim levels, like Kia and Hyundai, good gravy their cars are gorgeous in the higher trim levels they push like a luxury-ish territory Mm -hmm. with some of their trim choices and their design choices they're beautiful and they're very attractive and they look and feel great Toyota doesn't generally quite pull that off as well although what's it what am I trying to think what's the is it the capstone yes the capstone their new capstone does tend to make it it sort of delivers that, but it's like okay, do so you don't have to go all the way up to capstone to get that? So I'm assuming I don't know what. Yeah, I, I think gonna, we haven't gotten So I'm that just yet. like I'm, I'm just throwing that out there. I have no idea what they're going to do for that. But is the capstone going to catch it? But the rest of the trim line isn't. So is it going to be a matter of you've already gone, you go whatever their top trim is, or you end up going down towards the bottom because that sort of mid top just doesn't
0: hold up to other competitors in the segment? And I wonder about that. Yeah, I think that's a problem, know Speaking of other competitors in this segment this has nothing to do with that i'm like i'm like i don't know where i'm going i'm like i said it before i'm tired um but we're gonna talk about ford mustang because we saw dark horse in person for the first time okay we saw the interior for the first time i keep
1: calling it dark man a black magic i don't know why i was like i literally looked straight at another journalist. and was like you know the black magic mustang
0: he's like try again nicole i'm like nope that's not it what is it so so (laughs) i'm like but honestly dark horse or black magic Oh, I like Dark Horse. I like the Mustang connotation where it's like a horse and everything. That's too Um, easy. I know. I'm really excited about it. Quite honestly, I think it's time for the Mustang to have some youth and some vigor and some excitement to it. And I'm glad that they're doing that. I'm glad that they're putting some effort into it. And I do feel like and this is right off the bat. We're not waiting two years for a special edition. Right. We're doing it right off the bat. Which is And it's nice. cool. There's, the interior is upgraded compared to the other Mustangs. Um, it is, you know, it's got the suede inserts and stuff like that, and extra bolstered seats if you get the special appearance package. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really cool paint color. It's like an iridescent paint color that's like, it, it looks like it could be called Black Magic. It's like a purpley, See? iridescent sort I'm of thing. Right. Yes. Well, of course, you're always right. Thank That's you. That's what your husband told me. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, like, I just, I, I'm, I'm excited for it from a perspective of I think it fills a hole that it, they're not striving for a special edition to. Um, I have yet to see what the, it's going to be interesting to see what the buyers are for a new Mustang, quite frankly. Because they're trying to bring down the age of the buyer because they're boomer heavy. What is that? I was going to say, do you know the average age? Um, they're literally sending it, it to me, but they said it was very boomer heavy. And I was like, well, no, I figured that one out. Well, I think like, that's it given. <laughs> and they're trying to bring it down, and they've got some really cool stuff coming. But I like that they're giving a sportier option off the bat. It feels like something that Dodge would do. And mm-hmm. I think that, obviously, you know, Charger, Challenger are a big competition. I think that they could to maybe take a page from for, or from Dodge and learn a little bit more about how to appeal to enthusiasts. But I feel like really, this dark horse is, like, impe- Like this is yeah, an olive an branch in that direction. It is,
1: yeah. Because truly, the Dodge brand does a phenomenal job of appealing to that enthusiast, that performance mm-hmm. enthusiast on a bunch of different levels, even with its upcoming EV. Like, God, when you look at that thing, ooh, mm-hmm. is it a sexy beast. And I think it really still holds a lot of the, it. It keeps the people that are just like, I love my, my muscle car happy. And I feel like Ford could try to, like, It's the original. It's the pony car, you know. It it should be able to do that. And there is some serious enthusiasm, but it skews too high. It skews to that older boomer level, and that's not great for the brand. They need to bring it down and capture the enthusiasm of younger drivers, younger buyers to keep that Mustang rolling and to keep it going. And I think something like the dark horse, dark horse. Dang yes. it! I literally was saying a dark horse. It will do that. I think it really will help do that, and I think that will have a lot of appeal for a younger market. I
0: like its wheels too. It's got some carbon wheels, some carbon oxide yeah. wheels. Are really cool. Oh, it's really it's like, really different. Really yeah. different.
1: It looks really good. And they have one on the one that they have on display. They have it in this like it's got all these cool lights behind it in the booth and it's like you're watching it and it's like it's like a little light show it's really cool it's really pretty and like the way it just it looks it looks really good
0: i i will say i think that is the best looking so far of the mustangs that i have seen i'm not a huge fan of the traditional mustang but i do think that dark horse takes it the step further it really looks good that splitter and the just i think that like that's what works for it it needed it needed a lower jaw and it's gotten the lower jaw where it's, it needs yeah, to be. And it's so aggressive in the best way. Like, it is. It's like get out of my way. And you know what I really hope for? I hope that nobody puts yellow inserts on the sides. Oh please, baby Jesus, don't do that. Because those are shipping. Those are not for don't, for it to wear around. Don't. And they will actually will destroy your car. FYI. Don't do that. Take like Charger Challenger people. Um, no, I hope that people are not stupid enough to do that to this car. Although, if you're worried about
1: scratching it, we'll
0: suck it up. Better Cup scratch it and then get it fixed or deal with the scratch. It looks better for that than it does to have the stupid yellow thingies on the side. Absolutely. I agree with you. All right. So we're going to take a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk a little bit about our new feature in Newsweek Magazine, which is all about Valentine's Day romance. I know because Nicole and I know a lot about romance because we're (laughs) off at home to spend time with our loved ones. Um, So we will talk about that. And I'm going to ask Nicole five, I'm going to say probing because we're talking about Valentine's Day, probing questions, but they won't be like that. They'll be, they'll be much more subtle. (laughs) We'll be right Uh, back. Okay. Welcome back to Mm -hmm. Fast Women. We are talking can't-miss romantic sunset spots, which is very Mm car-centric. It's not, but it's what we do as part of our Newsweek magazine. Yes, because uh, it's the
1: travel part of things. Like We go and we travel stuff, so
0: we sort of contribute some travel stuff to Newsweek
1: magazine that is sort of fun stuff. We've done coffee shops, and we've done
0: restaurants yeah thing. we've done we've done all sorts of things spas, yep. spas everything yeah so so this ep- this episode this vert magazine um i don't actually know the publication date which is shame on me <clears throat> but you'll find in the culture section can't miss romantic spots and it is this gorgeous layout of this picture of paris oh my the gosh. eiffel tower and the seine river and boats on the river and it is just like i saw the the, the photography sent over the layout i was like this That's is so gorgeous pretty. Like because oh, the Eiffel Tower is pretty. It's Eiffel Tower is pretty. It's one of our spots that you yes. can't miss. So actually, it's funny. So you haven't seen these because you send me some and then I go through and edit them and I work with the team over at the magazine. So we've got first one is one that I believe, I think I picked, is for a... Per, oh, I can't pronounce it. It's a national park oh, in God, wait!
1: I'm going to try because every time I do this, somebody with who knows what they're saying corrects it. Hale, Haleakalo? Haleakalo. Sorry, Hawaii. I don't know.
0: Somebody Hawaiian can tell me how to say that. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been there, although it's on Maui, so it's on my list because I mm-hmm. have not been to Maui, and I like Hawaii a lot. Um, it It's over 10,000 feet, and so you can sit, like, above the clouds and watch the sunset, which is a really cool, like, phenomenon. Like, we don't yeah. get that a lot. Right. So I, I picked that. I also picked Presque Isle State Park, which is by where I grew up. Nice. Um, and it is one of those spots. It is so low-key. It is like, come as you are and bring a picnic, and you can just watch sunsets. It's and sometimes just that's part of the thing.
1: Like, some of these, like finding things like this for travel, it's not always the most grand, like the Eiffel Tower, super grand, amazing. Everybody right, goes right. there, but probably not to Presque Isle State Park in Erie, Pennsylvania, but still yet a beautiful place. You can kind of find places like this if you open your eyes and look
0: anywhere you are. Absolutely. So let's see. We had Amalfi, Italy. Mm-hmm. There's a new a new resort there. That's one of the first resorts on the Amalfi coast in the last 15 years. And the pictures they sent me were just stunning. And I was like, okay, well, not only do I have to go, but I also would like to indulge in a sunset there. <laughs> and then um, one of our friends, Jeff from Kia, who you've heard us mention a number of times, yeah. avid listener, first time caller, avid listener Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Um, he recommended the Six Senses uh, Resort in the desert in Israel, which yeah. now you and I need to go. Visit because absolutely, the pictures, like this picture we have in the magazine, does not do justice the things I saw online. Yeah, it's like, gorgeous. It's I absolutely looked. amazing. Yeah. Um, but you, so you came up with Sunset in a Sphere. We have a friend who used okay. to live in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So
1: I'm going to, you shout it out to, to your friend. Hey, Rebecca Fisker. Hey, Rebecca. Um, so Rebecca's at Fisker and she was in Saudi for quite some time and mm-hmm. at a prior uh, career, I should say, altogether. Mm-hmm. And she recommended this place called This It's the Sphere, in, it's the globe in the Al. I'm going to mess it up, guys. Al-Fasalia Tower. I don't know. I just have to apologize for my inability to speak anything correctly except for English. But it's this amazing sphere that you can see. And it has this huge view and just really
0: nice romantic place. Like, incredible place. Incredible experience. The view is just stunning. Looks amazing. And then, so I also chose the Four Seasons Resort in the Seychelles, which is where, like, everybody, like, that's where, like say William and Catherine as we it just you know the Prince and Princess of Wales and you know um, George and Amal Clooney and Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade like that's where they went for their honeymoons so you know it's romantic because it, and it's just I mean it's a Seychelles so it's just gorgeous it's be res- escape yeah. um, and then I also chose the Marina Bay Sands which is in Singapore which a lot of people might know because that's where um, President Trump met Kim Jong Un Oh really? Yes, that's why they might know it. And architecture—it's it's very much political controversy to our show. I Aileen. know, I know. Um, but also, it's very distinctive because it's two towers, and then there's like—it um, almost looks like a boat on top. It looks straight across, so it's actually at the end of the movie Crazy Rich Asians, where they have their big cocktail party at the end. That's where it is, and I love that spot. I don't think they have synchronized swimming like they do at the end of that movie, Um, but it's just such a beautiful spot. Yeah, and actually, um, one of our friends on the World Car Jury was just there, um, Sid. Oh, that's right, Sid was just there. Yes, and so um, I I saw it, and I was like, "Oh, we've got that one coming up." But it's another one of those places where I was like, "Oh my god, I want to go there someday." Like, just romance or not, I just want to go there and see a sunset from there cannot come with us there but we're just gonna go see these places you say that but they both listen to the show and you know we're gonna get the nicole i I will go with you to singapore (laughs) and i will get the same sort of thing so (laughs) so that's that's where that is okay i've got 15 minutes before i have to get on a call so we've got to knock out these questions she has a phone call i have an interview it's like "Go, go 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 we are we are women on the move today okay so first question i'm gonna make this up as we go okay first question which of these places, these sunset simplicity places, would you visit for, say you have a week? We'll say three days, because you could go somewhere else. If you're going to stay at one of these places for three days and watch a sunset, where would you choose? Oh,
1: gosh, that's hard. I think having not visited most, I would go, you know what? I might pick, um, I might pick Saudi why Saudi? Because I've never been there before. I've mm-hmm. heard wonderful things about visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of research on that one and was looking at pictures and images, and it just looks so beautiful. And it's someplace I've always wanted to visit. So I think that would be the place I would spend a week. And women can drive there now. Yes, so we it's, couldn't it's, actually yeah. until... Like two, two years, years really ago. Really recently. Yeah. It's only been within the last few years, which is weird because in the United States we've been driving for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a rule that we couldn't drive in the U.S.? I don't think so. I think women have always been allowed yes. to drive in the U.S. Because um, hey, you know we could vote once upon a time, so you never know. Yes. Um, look at all the politics we're bringing. Into I know, this right? Show. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would love to visit Saudi because I think it would be an interesting place to visit. It's I think there's a lot of culture and character and neat things to see there. Um, and my my dentist says it's really nice.
0: <laughs> just as an aside, is this the new dentist you told me the about? New the New dentist who okay. just okay. Get, yeah
1: who just fixed that filling. Okay, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, okay. So.
0: All right. Um, I am going to go with, I think I'm actually going to go with the Six Senses. Okay. Because I have always wanted to go to Petra Jordan. And it's very close to that. Okay. And I just think, like, Petra is amazing. And I would love to go when there's no tourists, which apparently COVID was the time to go to Petra, from what I I understand. (laughs) Um, But I just think it's so cool. I love ancient cultures. I'm a a big history nerd. Um, So I think Six Senses. And like I said, uh, the pictures I have seen of the sunsets at the Six Senses Resort in the desert in Israel are literally it looks like the dunes are on fire because the sky wow. is orange and mm-hmm. they just get this rich orange. And I just think that's like we see a lot of sunsets. You and I travel to Napa. We travel to Hawaii. Yeah. We travel to all these places with beautiful sunsets. And they often have dinner scheduled so that yeah. you have a view of the sunset that's incredible. So we see some pretty neat stuff. And I just want to see something a sunset that's completely different. I feel yeah. like glowing dunes is very much a different type of that sunset. That would cover that. Yeah, that would check the box. So, So that. Okay, next question. Sunrise or sunset?
1: Oh, I have to pick one or the other at camp sunrise or sunset. Okay, driving or just, like, at a location? Um, At a location, because if you're driving, you have to worry about the sun
0: being in your eyes. No,
1: I love watching sunrises when I'm driving, so that's what I was like. But I prefer to see a sunset if I'm at a location, because you chill out and you relax. You have nothing to look, you're just like, now I'm just Mm going to relax, and... Gonna just chill out. I don't have to rush. From a sunset, you have to go do your day, right? From a sunrise, you're just like I'm a sunset. From a sunrise, for sunset, you're just done. You can just be relaxed. You can do whatever. And I like, but it's different when you're driving because you're still on your mission. You know.
0: All right. Mm -hmm. Um, So from there, I'm gonna go to car stuff. Yes. The Mazda CX-90 just debuted. Yes. The Toyota Grand Highlander just debuted. Yes. Which one are you more enthusiastic about? Oh, that's tough. Okay, so. I
1: actually think they're both going to be good. I'm excited about both of them. I'm kind of enthusiastic about the Mazda. Why? The reason I'm excited about the Mazda is I, I really like Mazda. You know we're talking about how Toyota, like, are they going to step up their game on the interior components and quality? Mm-hmm. Mazda always does. They never drop the ball there. They're always beautiful. And the neat thing about Mazdas is I don't think it matters whether you get the base trim or the the highest trim in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's fancier as you move up, but even in the base trims, they look good. They're beautiful. They feel the way they're supposed to feel. They feel like... I can't remember the phrase they used recently. It's not like... It's like not luxury light, but that's kind of what it is. They're Mm -hmm. right on the edge of being luxury. So they create this experience, and if you can make it that, if they've followed through with what they've done in their other vehicles... I I love I like Mazdas and I think they just create this really nice calm welcoming environment and they drive generally drive really nicely they have great driving mm-hmm. dynamics so they have the function the form and they're just really fun to drive. I have deep
0: seated concerns about the infotainment infotainment system. Well,
1: you know we're gonna we're gonna leave that out of the mix because I hate the infotainment. I oh, hate it's, the, it's, the it's, it's dial. A, it's an absolute. Like, I, it, I would I, never I, buy a Mazda I, with I, that. I, put, I had a Mazda three and I was talking about I don't like the infotainment controller and mm-hmm. the Mazda folks will tell you very firmly you would get used to this and it is actually better and our our feedback from our shoppers consumers whatever is that it is not as hard to use as some journalists think and some guys love it i do not like it i don't like that it's a spinny dial instead of a touch i want i want just a touch screen that i can reach and i can push the buttons This spinny dial i just feel like i feel like it's a wheel of fortune thing and i've gone way too far and, and le- the screen is sunken a little yeah. bit. Like I just I don't care. I, I, yeah. I have so many problems with it. I know. But I'm I'm I like there's problem that's that's like the that's the Achilles heel to me of a Mazda is that
0: infotainment. I just don't I'm not keen on it, but everything else about their vehicles I really genuinely love. Okay, I'll give you that. Okay. I'm more excited about the Grand Highlander. You are but okay. um yeah, I just I, I think they're gonna kill it. Like I like I'm a big fan of the Versa, the yeah. new Versa. I, I love think the that, Versa that's I think it's a good that, car. And th- it's a cheap car, but it's a great mm-hmm. vehicle. I think the Grand Highlander is in a really good spot mm-hmm. because people are already buying their Toyotas anyway, and the Toyota, I bet, was losing customers to Kia and Hyundai. Oh, 100%. And so, I'm into, I, like, I like cars that size. I think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of families, and I think it's a really smart addition to their lineup. So, I am pro Grand Highlander. Not that I'm not pro CX90, but I'm yeah. more pro Grand I'm Highlander not, I'm moment. also I'm also pro Grand Highlander. I'm not anti-Grand
1: Highlander. I just am a little bit more excited, more interested to see what... Mazda does. Are
0: you going to go drive CX-90? I don't... It doesn't fit in my schedule. I'm going to drive CX-90. Okay, so we'll get yes. to hear about it. So
1: we'll get. Yeah, so I will get to drive the CX-90. Mm-hmm. I will tell you exactly what I think about it, and if the infotainment still makes me angry, but is enough to overcome... Does all the other stuff? We shall overcome overcome. the uh, (laughs) the
0: infotainment system. Okay, Um, if you had to buy an electric vehicle right now, and (gasps) I don't mean electrified, I mean electric, battery electric. Okay, fully electric vehicle. Which one would you buy? And everything out there is available to me. Are there any crossed off the list? I will say everything that is or will this year be sold in the U.S. Because there's a couple things that you you and I have driven that are coming in a few months in the U.S. Yeah.
1: Oh. Okay. Oh, that's hard. Okay, I really liked, and we had a, I,
0: I don't know that I'm, uh, I can't give drive impressions on some things, can I? No, but you can say whether or not you liked it, I believe, because you're not talking about specifically about it. Um, I can say that I think the Ionic 6 holds a lot of promise. I agree with that. The Ionic that? 6 does hold a lot of promise. Its range is fantastic. We mm-hmm. know that that's public. We can talk about the range. Um, we can talk about the design. The design is not exactly like Ionic 5, but it's a little no, bit different. No, it takes some of, the, some of the characteristics of the Ionic 5 and sort of moves them
1: forward, which yeah. I think is a neat way that they've done it. Um, and I... I liked that. I really liked the design of the Ionic Five. I love all those little pixel squares. I think it's neat how it carried through. It wasn't just in Mm. one spot. They carried it through in little design elements everywhere. There are some neat design elements in the Ionic Six. I feel like it's it's definitely you can tell they took another like eighteen months on it. Was it the the the, oh don't try the fin on the back for the for the you can see through it. Yes, you can see the stuff inside. It looks so cool. Like these, it's just. It's really well designed, so I, I have a lot of hope for that one. I like, I think that could be, that could be the one that I would buy. It's not, I can't buy it yet, but I'm going to say I
0: think that would be the one that I would buy. Okay, fair enough. There we go. I'm trying to think of what I would buy. What would you buy? I might buy the Volvo, what is it, the CX40, XC40, no...
1: CX-40. C, C. <laughs> the Volvo, C40, the
0: Volvo C40. with the 40 in it. <laughs> the, the Volvo C40 Recharge. I didn't think of what it was. Um, I drove that in Belgium. I really like that. I, I mean, yeah. it doesn't charge as fast. Like, there's obviously issues with it. But I really like it. And also, the infotainment system's not great. Yeah. Um, but I accept all that. And I think I love the interior so much. I like the way it looks on the outside. I um I think I would buy that if I was gonna buy one.
1: Yeah? I don't know.
0: I like the six and
1: I actually liked um my second my second choice would also be sort it's is which isn't quite here but is almost here. I really like the Fisker Ocean. I know you do. I, I really I genuinely do. like it. I think yeah. it's a good vehicle and I like okay, guys, it has a taco tray.
0: You know what neither they of us call it a taco tray. You know what neither of us will be buying? What? A Vinfast. No, I will no. not be fast. <laughs> Although they've delayed deliveries
1: again because they're still doing stuff. And yeah. as much as I want to rail against it and be like, you didn't deliver on time. What my brain really says is thank goodness you've done that. Because if you can just tweak this, you
0: could have a good car. So, but the car's already here.
1: I know. So, what, there's only so much we can do. Stuff? And actually,
0: that was, was going to be my last question. was oh. Was... <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. In what month do you think FinFast will deliver a car? Background on this, they kept saying November. Then they said December. Then they brought them to the U.S. And they're like, see, we brought them to America by the deadline. Okay, but they're still not on sale, and it's yes. February. So do you think it will be april or later yeah, and or do you have, think it's gonna be march they have just recently said we've delayed it because we're
1: doing a, i believe it's software stuff that they're tweaking at this point hopefully because the car is here so it's like and they just readjusted pricing yeah because they're like it's too high well we've told you that for yeah. a year so it's it's currently it is february 9th as we're recording this so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with not before not before april not before april okay I think that's fair. I feel like... Maybe April, they'll put them on
0: sale on April Fool's Day. <laughs> I know. Go like, oh, I April, 4,
1: April Fool's. I'm like, that's just me. No. I feel like it could go on... Actually, truly go on sale in April. Mm-hmm. Which, it's funny. When I drove it in Vietnam, and that was September, I yeah. think, I said they need at least six more months... So that that would be be six months. just about six months. But they've already built it. Like, that's the thing. Like, they're not going to change
0: the interior. I know. It's it's not going to get better. But if they could make
1: some of the stuff that can be tweaked with software better. Yeah. Some of that kind of stuff that doesn't require, like, a physical component to be changed. If they could make that better. That would go miles to making the car better, and so I'm, I'm hopeful. I really don't want any car to fail. People,
0: They did much. just lay off a bunch of people in the U.S., though. I know.
1: There's so much time and energy and planning and heart and everything that goes mm-hmm. into every car, whether you love it or hate it. I'm always rooting for every single one of them to be a success by whatever the OEM needs it to be a su- yeah. success for. So I'm hoping
0: they do okay. I'm hoping. Come on, been fast. Pull <laughs> <play> your <art> together. <laughs> all right. So that's where we are. That's where we've ended this week. Next week, we will talk about the Ford Bronco DR and we will give a little bit of insight. Nicole, you and I are nice. heading to Korea next week. We are. We're heading to Korea people. I'm very excited about this. I'm this is excited. my first trip to South Korea. Um, we're going to be based in Seoul. We're going to be doing all sorts of things. Many of them we will not be able to tell you about, yeah. but we will be able to tell you about our adventures in the city. Um, and then in a couple months, we'll be able to tell you about more yeah. of our adventures there. Yes. And then perhaps later in the year and into next year, we'll tell you even more because yeah. we are getting like a very long timeline. This of what's is a ahead. very
1: forward thinking yeah. uh, program. But yeah, there will be there will be soul stuff uh, for Kia.
0: And I was told today that we are having a formal Korean barbecue dinner with the president of Kia globally do
1: i need to buy a new outfit
0: um you will be getting an email i was told jeff jeff's <gasps> listening jeff Josh, if you haven't sent out that email it's jeff, friday it's you need to friday, send it out and we're leaving <laughs> tuesday do you know how long it takes to find an outfit now i'm stressed okay <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're up to um and then i go to france after that so we will get some episodes in on the road mm-hmm. um many more hotel room recordings ahead of us yes hopefully we'll be slightly more awake than we are today and um thanks for listening we'll talk to you next time bye